After spending months claiming not to want to take away your gas stoves, liberals are taking away your gas stoves, which is unfortunate because gas stoves are great. They're much better than electric stoves, but that is less important than what the liberal fatwa against proper cooking equipment says about how the left conducts politics. Back in January, you may remember, the Biden administration threatened to ban gas stoves. That's why I think we need to be talking about regulating gas stoves, whether that's drastically improving emissions or banning gas stoves entirely. And I think we ought to keep that possibility of a ban in mind as, as you follow along, because it's a powerful tool in our toolbox and it's a real possibility here. Real possibility, we're looking to ban the gas stoves. So instantly, of course, the liberal journos and faked fact checkers leapt into action to convince people that we didn't all hear what we all just heard. AP, fact focus, Biden administration isn't banning gas stoves. Yes, well, there were some comments from a Consumer Product Safety Commission official that uh, we're going to ban the gas stoves and everything, but no, no, we're not going to do that. Never mind. Uh, New York Times, no, Biden is not trying to ban gas stoves. We have here from Intelligencer, the gas stove ban freakout is the story we need right now. How about Newsweek? Republicans mocked over outraged claims the government is coming for gas stoves. What a bunch of crazy conspiracy theory idiots, right? We have here from AccuWeather for some reason. We're not taking away your gas stove, regulator tells CNN. And then we've got, what do we have? Republicans have found their new dumb culture war. This is from MSNBC. Big, dumb, stupid culture war. Obviously, the Democrats are not going to take away our gas stoves. And now, Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul has banned gas stoves in new buildings in New York. Existing buildings are not yet affected, but every single new building in the state of New York will be. According to Governor Hochul's spokeslady, which is reported in the New York Times, quote, the new law will not have any loopholes that will undermine the intent of this measure. There will not be any option for municipalities to opt out. The stoves are just one issue. The libs do this with every one of their schemes that conservatives oppose. Marriage, immigration, transing the kids. In every case, the policy that we oppose is a crazy conspiracy theory that's totally insane. It's never going to happen. What are you talking about? Until, of course, it is firmly established, old news, and they tell us, too late to fix. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. 2024 heating up. A lot of candidates going after a certain Florida governor. The knives are out for Ron DeSantis, which we will get to in just a second. First, though, I don't want to move on too quickly from these liberal journos who just lie and spread propaganda for the regime and deny reality and fact check the facts and try to try to promote falsehood instead of the facts. These guys just had their favorite event of the year. That would be the White House Correspondents Association Dinner. Now, the White House Correspondents Association Dinner used to be a kind of a funny event in Washington, D.C. And it was when the people 
who were reporting on the White House, all those journalists, they would get to go and make jokes about Washington, D.C. And they'd usually get a comedian to come into the room and make fun of them. And, and the president would often stop by and make jokes about them as well. And it was all kind of funny and it was fairly self-effacing. And that is over. The White House Correspondents Association dinner has now become the Oscars. It's hard to differentiate between the Oscars and the White House Correspondents Association dinner because these liberal journos have have puffed themselves up so much and Hollywood celebrities have degraded themselves so much. They seem to have met in the middle now. And so you lose all of the glitz and glamour and, and everything aspirational that used to make the Oscars worth watching. And you also lose the self-effacing reality that, that used to give the journos some credibility. Where these were just tough guys who were pursuing a story, speaking truth to power. They were grizzled. You weren't going to get one over on them. Now it's red carpets. Now it's photo lines. Now, uh, Chrissy Teigen, who I'm reliably informed is a celebrity. All I know about Chrissy Teigen is that Candace has a fight with her or something, and they kind of make funny videos uh, on the internet about her. Uh, Chrissy Teigen was walking into the White House Correspondents Association dinner dressed to the nines, I guess undressed to the nines, actually. She wasn't wearing a ton. This woman had her, her servants walking behind her, carrying the rest of her gown. And the scene was kind of funny because there were a lot of uh, global warming protesters who were surrounding her and the other attendees, screaming about how we need to ban gas stoves, I guess. And so, but she's walking in, she's got her celebrity husband whose name escapes me, he's wearing a tuxedo. And then uh, she has her slaves in the background <laughs> carrying the trail of her dress. And so much for the fourth estate and so much for speaking on behalf of the little guy and speaking truth to power. There were other celebrities too. There was that gal who Kanye West briefly dated. There were some other people, Vander something, Vanderpump. Is that a name of a celebrity? I don't know. I'm checked out. I don't deal with this pop culture because it's so uh, desiccated and shallow and absurd. But the White House correspondents, who are supposed to be the most grounded people in our media, they're palling around with all these guys. Julia Fox, I do remember her name. She was the one who, who dated Kanye West. And then, do you know the, the most absurd aspect of all about the White House Correspondents Association dinner? This is the part that grates on me the most. It's not that they want their fancy dinner with all their celebrities to hobnob around and not oppose the establishment, but be part of the establishment. That I've come to expect. The part that grates on me the most about the White House Correspondents Association dinner is that they refer to it as nerd prom nerd prom, which implies that these people are knowledgeable and intelligent, which are two adjectives that I don't think you could say describe the Washington, D.C. press corps, certainly not the White House press corps. Nerd prom. A lot of people don't use nerd in this way anymore. This is still the primary definition of nerd, though. Uh, some people think nerd just means you're really hyper-enthusiastic and focused on some niche subject matter. But you know, it does imply intelligence. I couldn't remember if I was just going crazy. So I looked it up in Merriam-Webster and it says, primary definition, a person devoted to intellectual, academic, or technical pursuits or interests. Does that define Washington, D.C. journos to you, the people who cover the White House? No, not at all. Would that it did. There have been times when, when journalists have been uh, 
associated with intelligence, with knowledge in a particular subject area, that's gone. That's gone. The journos in the liberal media establishment, which attends this dinner, they are much less informed on these issues. They're, they take ish, these sorts of issues much less seriously than the average person on the street. Perhaps that's why our political order is crumbling a little bit. That's why you got to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home, quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine wars and political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times, that is gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That is right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA, into gold. The best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just text Knowles, Canada WLES, to 989898 for your free info kit. They will hold your hand through the whole process. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Text Knowles, Canada WLES, to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Text Knowles to 989898. Speaking of supposed nerd experts, Dr. Fauci, our old buddy Dr. Fauci. He's back on CNN speaking to Christian Amanpour, who Drew rightly dubbed Christian Amanpour journalist. Interviewing Dr. Fauci, we're now three years after two weeks to slow the spread, and we're trying to make sense of what has happened over the last two years. And Dr. Fauci says, look, we got to stop playing the blame game. Was the closing of the schools too draconian? How much of a delay did the fact that nobody fully understood the asymptomatic spread of this, nobody figured out that it could actually bust through certain vaccine levels as well. What are the real yeah. takeaways and yeah. the real lessons for I public think, health? Yeah. I think we have to get away from the blame game because so many of the things that you have mentioned were unknowns at the time. I kept on saying over and over again, we've got to get the children back to school as quickly as possible. We've got to get them in school safely, and we've got to make sure that they are not essentially out of school, at home, getting all of the negative consequences. Different parts of the country interpreted that differently. There were schools that stayed closed far too long and longer than they should have, and there were those that essentially didn't close at all. I guess you should, probably should have been a little clearer, Dr. Fauci. I, I love he says, look, we got to stop playing the blame game. We just didn't know, okay, and then, but then I was very clear. It was totally unclear, but I was very clear. And then the people who interpreted me, they, they didn't realize how clear it was, so they interpreted it wrong sometimes. And anyway, it's not my fault. Whatever, whatever went wrong, that's not my fault. Whatever went right, that was, that was all me. I, I am the science. Bow down before me, you dirty peasants. I am the science. All hail the science. You got to step playing that blame game. It, it wasn't clear. We just didn't know. We didn't know. That's funny because I knew. <laughs> I knew and you knew 
and my friends knew generally, and your friends probably knew too. How is it? That's so weird because I don't have any degrees from Johns Hopkins. I've never worked at MIT. I don't, I don't read peer-reviewed scientific studies on epidemiology, and yet I knew somehow that putting a hanky on my face wasn't going to prevent me from catching the virus. I knew that standing six feet away from people wasn't going to really do anything. I knew that not visiting my grandmother wasn't going to save people's lives. I knew that that experimental drug that they rushed through might not be the most effective thing at stopping. I knew you know, I hate to say I told you so, but I, I guess I'm saying it a lot over and over again, and you're, you've probably been saying it a lot over and over again for the last three years. So how is it that we all knew and Dr. Fauci didn't? Don't we need to answer that question, that the people in charge were wrong about everything, and ordinary Joe Blow on the street, who doesn't have a particularly specialized education, he was right about everything. I was at the, the whole journalist class was totally wrong. And the readers of the newspapers and the websites and the viewers of the TV shows, we were largely right. We were so right that we would contradict them. And then big tech would come in and they would censor us for doing that. And they would take our show off the air sometimes for doing that. What, how do you explain all of that? I think we need a lot more of the blame game. And, and I think the liberals agree with me. The liberals right now are indicting Donald Trump in New York for making an in-kind contribution to his own campaign seven years ago, which would not be a crime at all, but they're trying to twist it and pretend that it's a misdemeanor, and then they're trying to twist that and say that it's a felony years after the statute of limitations on the misdemeanor would have run out, but it's not really a misdemeanor because candidates are allowed to donate as much to their campaign as they want. That was seven years ago. We're still playing that blame game. No, we're just not supposed to play the blame game when it comes to the ruling class that shut our world down for no reason. Well, for no good reason. They shut it down and they, they themselves got more power and they shut it down, and they themselves got more money. It was the largest transfer of wealth in human history, from the lower class to the upper class, and yet we're not, we're not supposed to play that blame game. Move along, sheep. We won. It's a conspiracy theory. It's all fake. You're all totally crazy, and yeah, you were right, but it's old news. Move along. Move along. What, what the confidence on that guy, wouldn't you say? Amazing, that kind of undue confidence. Speaking of undue confidence, Whoopi Goldberg, on The View, has just come out to scold Christians because Christians don't want to trans the kids. And Whoopi is convinced that the Bible is very, very clear about how we should trans the kids. Oh my God, this is a party that says we believe in parents' rights. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that as a parent, I don't, I'm not smart enough to decide if my child and I need to have gender affirming. Our oh. doctors are not involved. The, what is going, so I can't, my, I can't decide what my kid reads. I can't decide yep. for my child what my child says is going on. Yep. You're telling me your beliefs, your, and they keep saying it, and I keep saying, what Bible are you reading? Yeah. Because 
God was really clear. Very clear. God was really clear that we need to trans the kids and have the kids read gay porn in schools. So says Whoopi Goldberg. I love too, she focuses on, she says, these parents, these parents aren't even able to show their, decide what their kids are going to read in schools. Which by the way, the whole issue over the gay porn in the schools right now is that parents don't want their kids to be exposed to gay porn in schools. It's the, it's the teachers and the weirdos and the ideologues who want the kids to read gay porn in schools. The parents are saying, please don't do that. And the libs are coming in and saying, well, parents don't have that right. And Whoopi flips it and she says, parents should be able to, to teach their kids gay porn. But then, of course, you, you run up against this issue, which is there's only one book that you're not allowed to read in schools. There's only one book <laughs> that our Supreme Court has said you're not allowed to be taught in schools. That, of course, would be the Bible, which Whoopi says that she's quoting. It would seem likely to me that Whoopi Goldberg has not read the Bible. Uh, no, the Bible does not say we ought to trans the kids. The point I want to make on it is actually has nothing to do with transing the kids or Whoopi Goldberg. The point I want to make on it is that line she says. She says, it's so clear. The Bible is very clear. When someone says the Bible is very clear without any other context, you should be very skeptical of whatever follows. Wise people avail themselves of history. So in, in the modern world, we just take one sentence and we say, well, there's no other context matters. As Derrida said, there is no outside text. So it doesn't matter what we know about the author or the time in which he lived or the works that he's referring to or the great conversation that's taking place over the course of history. No, all that matters is the words on the page and then whatever interpretation I want to foist upon the words. That's how modern people view things. And it's not just on the left. Even some people who would consider themselves more centrist or even right wing will do that, especially when it comes to the Bible. But we don't have to do that. That's a very liberal modern approach conservatives can avail ourselves of the wisdom of the ages because our own stock of reason is relatively paltry. Even, even those of us speaking and listening to the show right now, who I know were definitely uh, probably a couple notches above the people who attend the White House Correspondents Association dinner in terms of understanding and wisdom and overall handsomeness. I know, but believe it or not, even we don't know very much about very much. And so it's prudent to avail ourselves of the wisdom of the ages. And so if Whoopi had said, okay, I read somewhere in the Bible that we should trans the kids. I don't know what verse I saw that in, but let's, let's look at the history of the church. Is the church ever taught that it's good to trans the kids? No. Okay. So where did I get that idea? What is more likely that every Christian that ever came before me including all the great doctors of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, all, that they were all wrong, and I, doctor of the church, Whoopi Goldberg, am right, or that I got it wrong. What's more likely? Obviously, the latter. You actually just saw this play out in Hungary. The Pope went and visited Hungary. Hungary, strong right-wing government, doing a lot of great stuff. Pope Francis, sometimes it talks a little bit in a confusing way. Papa Francesco was misinterpreted by La Repubblica journal and newspaper in Italy. And he'll say things, and then sometimes the journalists are in fact misinterpreting him. Sometimes what the Holy Father says is somewhat ambiguous. But what he said in Hungary was not ambiguous at all, and it shocked 
a lot of liberals. I will translate what the Pope says. This is a nefarious path of ideological colonization that eliminates differences, as in the case of gender culture, which eliminates differences or, or prioritizes other things, reducing freedom, for example, uh, and creating an insane right to abortion that is always a, a tragic defeat. How beautiful instead would it be to build a Europe centered on people and people where effective policies for birth and family are placed. We have countries in Europe where the median age is 46 or 48 years old. What if we have a country where in which the growth and uniqueness of each individual is preserved. It's a great idea. So in there, he comes out in favor of Hungary's initiative to increase birth rates in Europe, comes out against abortion, articulates that this is insane to suggest there's such a thing as a right to abortion, and he says that gender ideology is, is crazy, that it's an ideological colonization that's contrary to reality. But this is a liberal pope. What do you mean? The liberal pope is opposed to abortion? Yes, because the church has taught consistently from day one that abortion is completely unacceptable. We see this in the Bible. We see this in the commandment against committing murder. We see this in the scriptural defenses of children. We also see this in the Didache, that earliest catechism of the church, going back to the earliest days of the church. What about gender theory? Well, we see this in the Bible. In the beginning, God created man, both male and female created he them. We see this in the complementarity of the sexes, in the description of marriage in Genesis and in the Gospel of St. Matthew. And we see this throughout the history of the church. So you could say, yes, Pope Francis is liberal. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, that Pope Francis really is desirous of upending church teaching on gender ideology, but he's merely constrained by tradition. I, I totally take the Pope at his word. I think he's sincere when he says, he thinks abortion is insane, and he thinks that gender ideology is crazy and a colonization, and he says it's good to have young people being born. But why is it that the Pope would think that? And why would he advocate for that, even when he has a reputation as a liberal? Because there is no way to overcome not only the clear scripture, but that, that weight of history. This is why the libs have to attack history. This is why the libs have to turn your eyes away from history. This is why the libs have to get you to focus only on your unfettered reason and you as an individual totally divorced from your family, from your local community, from your nation, from your democracy, and from what Chesterton would call that, that greatest democracy of all, the democracy of the dead, which is not merely confined to people who happen to be walking about the earth at this time. Now, when you don't want to look dead, when you want to look young and vibrant and hot and sexy, you got to check out Genucel. Right now, go to genucel.com slash Knowles. Are you looking for the perfect Mother's Day gift that will make the women in your life feel pampered and appreciated? Our friends at Genucel have you covered. Genucel's most popular package is specially curated to nourish and rejuvenate skin. Right now, they're offering 70%, 70 off this package, which includes their ultra retinol and dark spot corrector. 
Our producer, Jacob, uses GenuCell's Ultra Retinol, a nighttime moisturizer that contains a powerful retinol alternative to visibly reduce the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, and skin discoloration without the irritation of retinol. It leaves producer Jacob looking much brighter and much more even than he otherwise would. Younger, healthier, more vibrant than ever. I love all of GenuCell's products. I particularly love their under-eye bag treatment because I only consume uh, tobacco and alcohol and black coffee. So it, it does, it really helps. I, I really love GenuCell. Uh, go check it out right now, especially because I love their founder, who's a Coptic Christian from Egypt who came over for the American dream. GenuCell's most popular package during their most Mother Day sale is 70% off at GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Every most popular package features their ultra retinol and dark spot corrector. Get a complimentary spa essentials box with every package from now until Mother's Day. They'll even upgrade you to free priority shipping. Genucel.com slash Knowles. Genucel.com slash Knowles. Stop right there. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Michael, how, how do you get your hair so shiny and voluminous and spectacular? The answer is Jeremy's Razor's shampoo and conditioner. That's right. Jeremy's Razors is more than just a razor company fighting to protect what you believe in. Jeremy's Razors is also a men's grooming brand that does not hate men. And this quaff that you see here is fortified thanks to Jeremy's tea tree and argon oil infused shampoo and conditioner. That's not all. Oh no. Jeremy's also has an exfoliating charcoal body wash made with a hydrating aloe vera, eucalyptus, and just the right amount of pomegranate. You do not want too much pomegranate in your charcoal body wash, okay? That, that way lies madness. The men's care products that you see here are made with natural ingredients. They're 100% sulfate-free, paraben-free, woke-free, made right here in the U.S. of A. Head on over to jeremysrazors.com to kick woke companies out of your bathroom today. Speaking of religion, good and bad and right and wrong, in Boston over the weekend, a bunch of Satanists met up in what is now being called the largest gathering of Satanists ever. It was called Satan Con. Big conference for Satanists. They're making a lot of satanic symbols, wearing lots of pentagrams and weird goat head imagery and horns and stuff, looking like a bunch of weirdos and doing really bad things. They're uh, shredding Bibles. They were, they were engaging in, they were performing unbaptizing ceremonies, which is not possible. Baptism leaves uh, an, an indelible mark on the soul, but these jokers think they can unbaptize you. They were uh, shredding pro-cop flags, you know, the thin blue line, blue lives matter. They were promoting transgenderism. They were promoting abortion. They, they had talks, sins of the flesh, Satanism and self-pleasure, promoting uh, what Woody Allen euphemistically called sex with someone you love, the sort of thing that one does associated with pornography. Uh, they, they had a talk reclaiming the trans body. And it's, it's easy to kind of just mock these guys or, or even to feel a, a great deal of pity for them. Because you think, oh, these are just a bunch of misfit weirdos dressing up in, in goat horns and making the rock, the rock and roll symbol, and it's no big deal. But they're promoting pretty bad stuff. I mean, trancing, the castrating children, that's, that's not great. That's a bad thing to promote. 
uh, murdering babies through abortion. It's not great. These guys raise money for abortion clinics to kill babies. So it gets, it gets pretty dark. It, it, it'd be easy to laugh at them if the consequences of this stuff were not so dire. And of course, they uh, worship the prince of lies, the father of lies. So the only reason I even bring this up is not to call too much attention to these people, but when conservatives point out that this stuff is satanic, that these ideas that seem like they're just ordinary political issues, we want to take down the cops, abolish the police. Well, we want to allow men who think they're women to just dress up like women, and they really are women, and we're going to establish in our law that they're really women. We want women to have choice and have the right to control their own bodies by murdering their children. We, we just, we, that's what we support. And, and a lot of people, including on the right, think, oh, these are just, just political issues where you have your opinion and I have my opinion. We're going to debate and maybe meet in the middle. But no. People who are serious about these issues recognize that they, they come down to good and evil. There is a satanic element to lots of these issues that are being pushed by the left. Tucker Carlson may have lost his job for pointing that out, but it's so clear. When conservatives point out that there is a satanic element to all of these issues, you don't need to take our word for it. The Satanists agree. People who actually worship the devil. And most normal people in the middle, they, it, it's not that they can't wrap their head around transgenderism or around abortion or around defund the police. They can't wrap their head around the fact that some people explicitly worship the devil. They think, well, that's a silly superstition. That's just a silly, stupid superstition you guys, you're all jokers, okay? You people who worship the devil are jokers, and you people who go to church are jokers, and me, a bourgeois secular liberal whose most important re- weekly ritual is going to brunch on Sunday and maybe going to a yoga class. I'm the reasonable one here. I can't help but point out, if you look at all of human history in every society everywhere on earth, you see an acknowledgement of the devil, and an acknowledgement of, if not the one true God, at least intuitions of the one true God, and an acknowledgement of moral reality and the idea that some things are better than other things. So who's the mistaken one? Who's the crazy superstitious one? The, the people who are behaving and perceiving the world in, in line with how everyone has always done so, or the handful of modern secularists who think it's all just bunk and we're all just bags of meat and chemicals and our only purpose is to get pleasure and all those higher things, they're, they're just fanciful. To quote Antonin Scalia in an interview with a New York Magazine lib journo some years ago now, she was mocking him for being religious and he said, you know, yeah, I believe in God and heaven. I even believe in hell and the devil. Many more intelligent people than you or me have believed in the devil. On this point on good and evil, a horrible story uh, came out last week. I, I want to get to it, though. 
MS-13 is this uh, gang that people just associate with running drugs and ferrying people across the border. And we know they're bad and they've got these face tattoos, but I don't think people know how bad they are. An MS-13 gangster uh, who was recently released from prison on parole, of course, uh, was just charged for murdering an Uber Eats driver in a case that police are calling demonic in Holiday, Florida. Oscar Solis, 30-year-old MS-13 gangster, he was arrested uh, on April 24th for allegedly murdering and dismembering 59-year-old Randall Cook, who was a husband and a stepfather, uh, who was just delivering food to the gangster's home. It was his last drop-off of the week. And this guy, uh, this gangster, decided that he was just going to murder the Uber Eats driver, just because. And so we, we think in the modern secular world of MS-13 is, oh, they're just a drug gang. Oh, they're, they run prostitution rings. Yeah, they're just thugs and criminals for sure, but that's it. MS-13 was founded by Satanists, by people who in their own conception of themselves served Satan and worshiped Satan. MS-13 regularly engages in satanic ritual and sacrifice. MS-13 venerates Santa Muerte, this demonic personification of saint, of holy death, saint death. Nothing holy about it, of course. I'm, I'm not trying to convince you. Well, I am trying to convince you to go to church, but that's not the reason I bring up this story. I'm, I'm not doing it simply to tell you, you know, get your life in order and recognize good and evil in your own life and stop being, stop pursuing vice and start pursuing virtue and all the rest of it. The reason I bring up this story is, if you only look at this story through the modern secular lens, you miss the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. The only way that a story like this makes any sense is if there is such a thing as the demonic and such a thing as the holy. If there is spiritual warfare, if the the way that we now describe as old and superstitious and crazy, that, that our civilization has viewed reality for its history, which is that there is good and evil. We're in this, this battle. Uh, we're, we're the church militant. It, if you don't view it through that lens, you miss the whole story here. Then this Uber Eats story just becomes all local random crime. This is why liberal politicians, whenever there's a, a shooting that is convenient for them to talk about, they'll say, oh, it's senseless. Oh, it's senseless. Often these shootings are not senseless. All oh, shoot, the shootings in downtown Chicago, oh, they're so senseless. No, there, there is a kind of a logic to these shootings. It's just that the logic involves aspects of moral reality that the modern liberal secularists can't acknowledge. So what are we going to do about it? There's great news out of Missouri. A Missouri judge has just appointed a special prosecutor to investigate one of the George Soros-backed DAs in St. Louis. Soros, most notably among the liberal donors, because George Soros is probably the most prominent funder of leftist causes in the world today. And he does it through his Open Society Foundation, and he he does it through lots of different tentacles of his political power. Uh, George Soros has had these district attorneys and prosecutors elected. These races are super easy to win because people don't put a lot of money into them. So if you put any money into them at all, you can often get your guys installed. And then the prosecutors just don't prosecute the crimes. And the Satanists in Boston cheer because they want to defund the police and they don't want crime to be punished. They want crime to flourish. 
and they want civil order to break down. So the, the Soros-backed prosecutors, they say, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do that. Well, what can we do? These guys were elected, right? Well, one Missouri judge has announced that he's going to appoint a special prosecutor to build a criminal contempt case against the St. Louis prosecutor, Kimberly M. Gardner, who was bankrolled by Soros, because this prosecutor, Kimberly Gardner, won't prosecute crime. And as the judge said, Judge Michael Noble, the circuit attorney's office appears to be a rudderless ship of chaos. Ms. Gardner is a circuit attorney. It is her duty to manage the caseload of each staff member. Mr. Desilatz, who is one of the staff members, has approximately 104 felony cases. Any prudent practitioner would expect such a caseload to create countless irreconcilable conflicts. It does not appear she's made any reasonable efforts to prevent the resulting chaos. It appears that Ms. Gardner has complete indifference and conscious disregard for the judicial process, which is obviously the case. So what do conservatives think about wielding this, this judicial power to use a prosecutor to go after another prosecutor who is elected but he was elected with a ton of funding of the libs who have their power centers in financiers such as George Soros. They get a lot of backing from the media. What do we think about this wielding of government power? Hip, hip, hooray. That's what I say. I say this is great. And, and the conservatives who know what time it is, the conservatives who understand how our constitution works, lowercase c, the way that the government actually functions today, not Capital C Constitution, not Schoolhouse Rock, Bill Up on Capitol Hill, do 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 No, the, the way the government actually works. We realize that the only path forward is not to just give some other lecture on the Federalist Papers. That can be fine and edifying for students, but what we have to do is crush the Libs power centers. We need to wield the state to go after their prosecutors who don't prosecute crime. We need to defund and dismantle their media apparatus. We need to tax their university endowments. We need to wield the state against their corporations when, as in the case of Florida, the, the corporations like Disney are trying to undermine the will of the people and their representatives in Florida to say that we don't want to trans the kids. Disney comes in and says, ha ha, we're going to trans your kids and you can't do anything to stop us. Ha ha ha. I, I know that there's a similarity between the Pete Buttigieg voice, uh-huh, well, hey guys, hey everybody, I'm Pete Buttigieg, and the Mickey Mouse voice. I don't know. Is that a coincidence? Is, does, is there some deeper meaning there? I'm not so sure. But all I know is that when the CEO of Disney comes in and says, that's right, we're going to put your kid on puberty blockers, ha uh-huh, I don't want to hear any lectures about how the free market says that we can never, ever wield the state and the collectivist forces against Disney. No, okay, I've, I've had enough of that. Transing my kid, that's too much. All right, we're not, we're not doing that. Uh, there is nothing conservative about allowing woke corporations to destroy our country, upend our social order, and trans our kids. We need to wield power in a just way, in a prudent way, but we've got to do it or the game is already lost. My favorite comment on Friday is from, my name was taken, lol. It's a good name. It says, assisted suicide for toddlers. No, they basically just approved post-birth abortion. That's true. We talked last week about how the Netherlands has just legalized euthanasia, which is assisted suicide for toddlers ages 1 through 12. You might say, hold on. A three-year-old cannot really consent to anything. Three-year-old can't go buy a pack of cigarettes. Three-year-old can't join the military. Three-year-old can't buy a beer. 
three-year-old can't consent to sexual activity, obviously. And yet, now increasingly we're seeing young people, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, can consent to sexual mutilation procedures. Hold on. Five, six, seven-year-olds, four, three, two, one-year-olds can consent to suicide? Uh, no, that's just called murder. That's called partial birth abortions. Another example where it's a phrase that the conservatives used mockingly, ironically. We say these liberals, they love abortion so much, they don't just want third trimester abortions. They want fourth and fifth trimester abortions. Well, now they've got it. It's all a crazy, wacky, bizarre conspiracy theory until the libs firmly establish it, and then they say it's too late to do anything about it. Okay, getting on to 2024. Knives are out. And the knives are out, not primarily for Donald Trump. They're out for Ron DeSantis. Our friend Vivek Ramaswamy was on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd, and he did not spend his time really going after Trump. He's, he has gone after Trump, by the way. People are saying that Vivek has never attacked Trump. That's not true. He's going after Trump. But he's reserving most of his ire for Governor DeSantis. Here's where Ron DeSantis really lost it here. He's gone on the wrong path. As he claimed, and this part actually sounded good to me, Disney should have never had crony capitalist lobbying-related privileges in the first place. Here's the part he doesn't mention. One of those crony capitalist privileges was, and I think the most relevant one, was codified into law by none other than Ron DeSantis in 2021. Mm -hmm. So Florida passed this political anti-discrimination statute, which I applauded at the time, mm -hmm. said if you operate internet companies, this includes streaming services like Disney does, that you can't engage in viewpoint discrimination. Now here's the funny, dirty little secret of that. They wrote into a last minute exception into that law for mm -hmm. anyone who also operates a theme park more than 25 acres in the state of Florida. For, yeah, That's crony for capitalism. And so the irony is Ron DeSantis, who's now railing against crony capitalism and rolling that back, yeah. was the one who actually passed that into law for the case of Disney. So I think that undermines the credibility of his crusade. I prefer to get to root causes rather than doing political stunts. Okay, put aside the DeSantis Disney policy of it all for a second, because it's a little unclear. Did Disney outfox DeSantis by holding two public meetings before their board voted on such and such and so and so? Did Disney get the last laugh or has DeSantis gotten the last laugh because they've pointed to some other older law that Disney did not follow, which means that actually the Florida will be able to wield control over the Reedy Creek District, which allowed Disney previously self-governance. I don't know. I don't know. The courts will work it out. That, that is almost a side issue at this point. The most interesting part of Vivek's appearance and the appearance of other presidential candidates and the fact that they're all going after DeSantis signals to me that they believe Trump will be the nominee. And so they're, they're reserving their ire and their fire for DeSantis as the number two guy because they don't want to go too hard after Trump because they think that Trump is today still the most likely nominee. And I know that everybody in the conservative media, they are very bullish on DeSantis getting the nomination. I think Ron DeSantis is a phenomenal governor. This is in no way a criticism of Ron DeSantis, but I'm just looking at the numbers. Trump has a huge lead over Ron DeSantis. And Trump's numbers are getting better and Governor DeSantis's numbers are getting worse. Now, I know Ron DeSantis has not announced he's running for president yet. I think he's expected to do so over the next few weeks. But 
Ron DeSantis needs to start getting aggressive if he wants to get the nomination. Because what the DeSantis camp seems to believe now is, yeah, it appears like Trump is winning, but that's an illusion. Once this thing really gets going, DeSantis is going to take off. Well, perception can collapse into reality in campaigns. If every day for the next month, Ron DeSantis is perceived as losing, as losing ground. And if every day for the next month, Trump is perceived as gaining ground and solidifying his hold over the Republican Party, then that's going to collapse into a reality of a much harder campaign for Ron DeSantis. And presidential candidates are very capable people who have very good guts, who can smell blood. And if it feels like Ron DeSantis is vulnerable in the campaign, and he's the big number two guy that they got to get past, either to have a shot at taking on Donald Trump, or Trump gets a nomination and they have a, they have a shot at being in the administration, they are going to do that. The proto-campaign for DeSantis is going to have to get more aggressive, or they're going to be inviting more attacks from the other candidates. You're seeing these same sorts of attacks, not just from the outside of the box, more right-wing figures in the race like Vivek. You're seeing it from the squishes too, like Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, who is also running in 2024. Who's he going after? Is he going after Trump? No, he's going after DeSantis. I don't like what Disney said uh, about the legislation that I would have supported in Florida, but it's not the role of government to punish a business when you disagree with what they're saying or a position that they take. If that was the view of a Republican, then we're going to be in all kinds of trouble in our businesses in blue states if they start punishing businesses for taking a more conservative speech or position. And so I don't understand a conservative punishing a business that's the largest employer in the state. In Arkansas and as governors, we recruit industry. We support our industry because it provides jobs. And uh, we're not dictating to them uh, what their speech is. To me, that's a conservative position, and uh, you err when you go otherwise. Why would a Republican ever want to speak out against a business? Because, believe it or not, some things are more important than money. We used to know that. Didn't conservatives especially used to know that? We forgot it somewhere over the last 30, 40 years. This, this created the crisis in the Republican Party that finally exploded with the Trump movement. The Republicans had always said, we're the party of family values, we're the party of tradition, we're the party of custom, we're the party of what is good and right and just. We're the party of the Bible, we're the party of religion. And also, nothing is more important than GDP. The, the free market is the most sacred creation in, it's not even a creation. Oh, it predates us. It's pre-political. This, the free market, no one can ever meddle with the free market. If a business wants to do anything, that is their right, including transing our kids. And how dare you criticize the, the business for doing that? No. This was a battle between the Bible and Ayn Rand. 
<laughs> this is a, bi- a battle, not just the Bible, but the whole civilization that the Bible uh, outlined and uh, that Christianity animated. That civilization versus modernity. Once, that, once Christendom cracked up, and you saw the geographic crack up of Christendom beginning five centuries ago, you saw the um, intellectual crack up of Christendom, well, I guess right around the same time. Then you had all these new kind of crazy strains, perverse strains that started to come out of that. One of them was this idea that all that matters is the material world and that we're material beings. And if that is true, then really all that matters is money. And there was this bizarre schizophrenia on the right, which is the Republican Party would talk about how we need tradition and we need to defend our way of life. And also we need creative destruction and nothing matters more than GDP. And that didn't make sense. And Asa Hutchinson is articulating that view, that view that's been popular for 30, 40 years now. And I think that that view has collapsed. I don't think there's a ton of room for that. So if, if DeSantis is getting knocked for opposing that view, DeSantis should probably make a campaign commercial out of that criticism. Okay, it's Music Monday, baby. The rest of the show continues now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.